Do you have less than 10 minutes to learn something new? The Latin Learner Podcast offers helpful information from experts in the school community on a wide variety of topics, ranging from social-emotional health to DEI efforts to learning strategies. The clock starts now, so let's get started. The situation is actually an excellent opportunity to teach your child coping skills. And these are skills that they're gonna need for life, regardless of, you know, beyond coronavirus. These are things to practice beforehand. It's really hard to learn a new skill in the moment when we're really anxious. Um, and it's most helpful if, if children or all of us have a toolbox of different skills they can use because what works for me may not work for you and what works for me on Tuesday might not work for me on Wednesday. So it's good to have a lot of options. So um, my name is Dr. Gabrielle Roberts, and I am a child psychologist, a licensed clinical psychologist who specializes in working with children, adolescents, and young adults. I work right presently, I work at Advocate Children's Hospital in Oak Lawn, and I, prior to that, worked in residential treatment and in the child welfare system with youth who have experienced ex extreme trauma. And I'm also the parent of a first grader, and we're talking today about students managing anxiety in terms of coronavirus and going back to school at Latin. How can parents encourage children to talk to them about their emotions surrounding school and COVID-19? Well, that's really important. First and foremost, check in with your children. If you know your child's already anxious, then I would say check in more frequently. If not, I would say check in from time to time. Ask open-ended questions. How are you feeling about the coronavirus? How are you feeling about going back to school? Listen. Be, that's the most important, validate their emotions. Uh, let them know that you hear what they're saying and that you understand that it's important to them. Don't be careful not to minimize their feelings. As adults, we have the beautiful wisdom of, of sometimes knowing that something that your child feels is the end of the world or will forever alter their life isn't really, that, that's not really the case. But that it's, and you don't have to agree with them that that is the case, but you can honor and validate that that's how they feel right now. And just remind them that they can talk to you anytime about anything and that you're here for them. How important is it for parents to model the calm behavior asked of their student? Very. <laughs> um, as we're all going through this together, if you want a silver lining for this situation, which you may not, the situation is actually an excellent opportunity to teach your child coping skills. And these are skills that they're gonna need for life, regardless of you know beyond coronavirus. Um, so you can talk to your children about how you cope with stress and model that model that behavior. But we aren't perfect. We will make mistakes. And modeling how we recover when we've failed to cope well the first time um, and how we problem solve when we're visibly anxious and not managing it well is really also an excellent modeling opportunity. So it's a win-win here. Some students might experience separation anxiety from friends since they might be placed in different cohorts. How can a parent help with that change? Again, start by listening, validating those feelings. Don't minimize those feelings. It is a big deal. Even if, even if you know down the line, it, you know, they'll be okay. It feels like a really big deal, especially when it comes to older children and teens. It's a big deal. Um, and and this go, the same goes for children who are maybe going to be remote and their peers are going to be in school. Um, I know our children spend a lot of time on, on screens these days, but that social media connection, especially those apps that enable our, our children and teens to connect in real time, face-to-face, -face, have been really valuable 
right now for socialization and connections. Every time I say this, I stutter because I, I'm usually so anti-screen, but I've really been promoting this because I think it's really helpful right now, you know, when it comes to, to that face-to-face connection. And, and remind your children, and this isn't forever, but something I find myself saying to myself and also to my daughter a lot, I, you know, I tell her, I cannot tell you when this is going to end, but I can promise you it will end. And that's an important bottom line. If a classmate contracts COVID-19, how should a parent explain it to their child? Good question. And there's not one right answer. But as a general rule, I would start with a less is more approach. So in general, as adults, we tend to give more information than children are, are usually asking for. And so I would start by keeping it short and simple. You know, explain what happened and focus on the positive of the situation if you can. So David has COVID and is at home where his mom and dad are taking good care of him, something like that. Depending upon the situation, how worried your child is and, and is the child at home real sick or is, is, are they hopefully at home and asymptomatic and just hanging out? And if it's the latter case, maybe arranging an opportunity for your child to virtually connect with that child would be a way to help reduce your child's worry and might be nice for the child who's stuck at home and disconnected from people too, and maybe scared as well. How do you know when your child should talk to a professional about their anxiety? First of all, when in doubt, please consult a professional. I, as a professional, I I tell people all the time, I have parents bring their child in and as a a checkup. You know, we, we get physical checkups every year and we don't get mental health checkups every year. And, and obviously I'm biased, but I don't understand that because I think that's really important. And so I never mind when a parent schedules an appointment just to make sure their child, their child is okay. That's wonderful. And I love telling parents your, your child's doing great. Call me if you, if you need something, you know? So first of all, when in doubt, please ask. And when your child's anxiety is persistent and they're having a lot of difficulty coping and that anxiety is interfering with with their life, their school, home, happiness, it's it's a good time to call a professional. If a student is experiencing anxiety in the classroom or hallway, what coping skills could they try? First of all, it's good for all children to have some coping skills that they already know and can use if needed. So I would say, you know, first and foremost, these are things to practice beforehand. It's really hard to learn a new skill in the moment when we're really anxious. Um, and it's most helpful if, if children or all of us have a toolbox of different skills they can use because what works for me may not work for you and what works for me on Tuesday might not work for me on Wednesday. So it's good to have a lot of options. Different children will do better with different skills, um, but some that might be helpful in the classroom or hallway include knowing that they can go and talk to a teacher and asking for what they need. Do they need space? Do they need support? Knowing who else they can go talk to or ask for, who are their identified people, a counselor, a nurse. Maybe there's a certain person in the school who they feel particularly comfortable with. Deep breathing, going back to learning that belly breathing. It's really easy to learn. It's really simple. Distraction. So what can they do to, to, to acknowledge that they're having this thought, but pull their thought away? Something they might look at, something they might read, knowing to go talk to a friend, something like that. Focusing on what's safe around them and what they can do to be safe. So using self-talk to say, okay, I'm feeling worried, but let me go through my mental checklist. I'm wearing my mask. I just washed my hands. We're keeping our space. So I think I'm, I think I'm safe. And it's helpful to have a worry plan in advance. 
Parents are wearing so many different hats, parent, teacher, employee, child therapist. How can a guardian manage their own well-being while helping make sure their child's emotional needs are met? <laughs> it is insanity for most of us, if not all of us. Uh, professional me and mom me are definitely two separate entities. And while professional me can sit here and tell you all of these things and, and make them sound good, mom me is freaking out all the time, bursting into tears with my friends on the phone, hyperventilating inside. And um, unfortunately, professional me is not always able to talk mom me down. And, and so I call my friends, often my friends who are therapists, and let them talk me down. Um, and I say this because I think just exercising self-compassion and recognizing how difficult this is on all of us is just one of the most important things. Like our children, we need good sleep, good diet, exercise, fresh air. We can't sacrifice ourselves for them. We need all of those things too. And the better we take care of ourselves, we're better for them. You're going to have good days and bad days and try not to beat yourself up. It's, we, especially moms, are so programmed to beat ourselves up. It doesn't help and we don't deserve it. We're all just doing our best. What resources are out there? If you go to pbs.org forward slash parents, there's some good information on there, mostly for younger kids, but really I think the tips can be applied broadly as well. They have a section in there just on COVID and going back to school and, and all that stuff. For parents, the American Psychological Association, so APA.org, has a lot of good information right now, too. There's some, there's a lot of good self-help workbooks for children and teens out there. A couple that I'll mention for children, there's one called The Worry Workbook for Kids by Kana and Ludley. For teens, there's one out there called Anxiety Relief for Teens by Regina Galanti. And these are just books that have exercises that your teen or child can do, you can do with them just to help mostly teach coping skills for anxiety. Again, mindfulness and meditation apps. I am not expert in those, but there are a lot out there. Reaching out to the school counselor is also an excellent, excellent idea, wonderful resource. And the school counselors, they're in it right now. They can help support your child in school. They can connect you with outside resources. And I know our nursing staff and teachers and, and everyone at the school are, are all willing to help. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Latin Learner Podcast. Check out other episodes on our website at latinschool.org slash podcast. <laughs>